Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, Artesian Builds appears to be shutting down entirely. We'll go into detail on that. Samsung also now hacked by the same hackers that got NVIDIA. Hate speech is apparently okay as long as it's against Russians, according to social media. And Apple has announced a giant Mac Mini on steroids, but it's not the Mac Pro. All that and more come up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North. So, anybody it is, you guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We got a lot to talk about today. I thought the Artesian builds story was going to end with pretty much where it did last week. A company went and uh, changed the rules at the last minute of a giveaway. Um, you technically can't do that, no one would pursue them legally. And uh, everyone would just shun the builders, and that would it. They'd vanish into, obs- into ob- obscurity. I was very wrong. Very, very wrong in that regards. And there's a lot more. Of course, there was also an Apple event. Uh, Apple apparently doesn't know what the word max means. What the word maximum means. Apparently, Apple has been watching way too much anime, talking about going beyond your limits. Because here's where we are with them. Let's first open up with Artesian builds. All right. So, for those who are who are not caught up with this story, here's what happened. Artesian builds is a PC building company. That ha- that builds very basic sort of builds for the average people, but also makes very exotic builds for influencers. But the thing is, is that they stream all of their builds on Twitch. In the past, a couple years ago, they have worked with bigger name streamers recently to try and promote their brand. They have tried to open up an ambassador program. I actually personally was invited to said program, but um, when they tried to go ahead and give the normal spiel of, oh man, we really like what you're doing. It's just like, what do I do? They, they couldn't answer it correctly. So I turned them down. The other part of it is that the ambassador program is basically just one giant banner that's put down and uh, you get paid based on people who click on them. And that's supposed to be it. By having them on there, you were able to take part in giveaways. But last week, they decided to, well, not last week, the week before, whenever it was, they decided to change the rules of the giveaway at the very last minute. which, by the way, is in direct violation with pretty much every single state's and almost every country's laws about giveaways and sweepstakes. The internet community as a whole came together, condemned what Artisan Builds did, 
Uh, other people are trying to say like, oh man, the the way they went ahead and th this streamer, I, I actually don't have her name written down. Um, the way she was like brought down to size, because what they what they did is that this small streamer supposedly won this big two thousand dollar build, but their metrics weren't high enough, and then re-rolled the giveaway, which in both the state of California and Texas is illegal. The only way that a giveaway like that, you can re-roll the winner is if the winner refuses the prize. Now with that, I actually went ahead and took notes. I took a lot of notes in regards to sweepstakes law, because this is actually very fascinating, especially when you consider how much giveaways are very commonplace, unlike, say, YouTube videos, Twitch streams, and whatnot. What is legally a giveaway? Well, in fact, try this. There is no legal definition for a giveaway. There are sweepstakes, contests, and lotteries. Based on, and this is just a general overlook on it, each state is slightly different how you define each. But from the source of SweepP, which is a site that does sweepstakes for small content creators and big content creators that fact here is what you need to know the legal definitions of uh, these three words a prize which is the item that is being given away chance meaning who wins is based on a factor of random chance rather than anything skill based or anything that anyone can control and consideration, which is a cost of some kind, usually money for entering. However, some states consider time invested or even just requiring the person to be there during the drawing also as considerations. The state of Michigan being the oddball case in this matter. All right. Now, if you have a prize and chance, it is a legal sweepstakes. In my own channel, at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon, we do giveaways for Steam game codes somewhat regularly. And the other thing to consider here is that the chance must be perfectly random. Everyone has an equal chance in winning. On my sort of giveaways, everyone, moderator, subscriber, random lurker, person who came in at the last minute that never saw the stream before, everyone has an equal chance. That is key. Because once you start rigging that sort of thing, that's when you get into legal problems. And that then looks at what Artisan Builds is doing here and judging people based on metrics 
that can be considered consideration. Because you are now considering the streamer who someone has to- has uh, ro- has wrote down in the chat, thankfully for me, thank you, uh, Kiapia, and judging whether she can win based on her metrics. Someone in chat says, but I have a 0% chance to win. It's because every time you're drawn, you refuse the prize. Literally 100% of the times, every time, this guy enters every single time and every single time he wins, he just refuses the prize. All right, well now I gotta reroll. Now, to be clear in all of this, Artesian Builds did, after the PR Firestorm, did offer to send Kiapia the PC anyway, which is what they should have done in the first place. But at that time, Kiapia did refuse the PC. Mostly because by that time, tech YouTuber J's Two Cents offered to send the PC, to send a much better PC, I will say. I'm, I'm jealous of that PC. He threw a 5950X in it. And then a 3080 to boot. I turned down the freaking whatever whatever it was, i7 and 3060 there. I turned it down too. You got that kind of power on its way. Holy cow. But in any case, that is what pretty much everyone knows. Artisan Builds was condemned as as being run by an absolute turd of a CEO because it was the CEO who went ahead and put these rules in at the very last minute. And if any state really wanted to go ahead and go after some some small fry like these builders that at the time we assumed was, you know, maybe a dozen people, you know, they could, but they're not going to get much out of it. So they're probably not going to face any legal repercussions whatsoever that's what most people know (laughs) and then things get interesting because one day all of the apologies they put out three apologies by the way and none of them seemed even remotely genuine All three apologies that were on the Artisan Builds Twitter page vanished. Gone. And it was instead replaced with, at this point, we are examining a potential employee-led buyout of the company. Thank you for your support. 
Now, I assumed at this point, when this came out, that this was their plan on just wiping their PR slate clean. And I think actually that's where we ended last week. Shortly after, we are sad to announce that effective now, we are freezing slash suspending all activities. Ongoing is analysis by outside counsel for reorg to ensure fair treatment of clients, creditors, and employees. We expect more info by month's end. We are open to assistance slash investment. One PR storm in the matter of a week does not bring you to freeze all activities. And I want to be clear. This is freezing all activities. Artisan Builds has publicly announced any sort of bills they have to pay, they are not going to pay it. Their, that activity is frozen. Any PCs that are currently in the works of being billed are not going to be completed. That activity is frozen. Any paychecks going to the, their employees is not going to be paid. Those activities are frozen. Their support lines, not, gonna, not going to be answered at all. The company is effectively shutting down as they look at reorganization this is not something that happens over the course of a week and it turns out thanks to gamers nexus who stayed oddly silent while the pr storm was going on even though jay's two cents and gamers nexus usually they're on top of this sort of stuff jay's two cents of course was was on top of it and just helped the best way he could and it turns out gamers nexus was trying to help the best they could. They offered Artesian Builds the chance to come on Gamers Nexus platform, which is, you know, huge. How many, how many subs is Gamers Nexus at? Are they at 1 mil or 10 mil? I actually don't recall off the top of my head. But regardless, to then interview unedited and get out whatever Artesian Builds would like on how to try and repair the damage they did. They basically gave Artesian Builds the same kind of reset button they gave to Newegg. And Newegg, for the most part, did do some good with that same opportunity. I actually don't recall if we talked about it or not, but Newegg taking that kind of opportunity from Gamers Nexus ended up launching a program to go ahead and help right the wrongs that were put forward by just sending out defective parts and then refusing to fix them. Was it enough for Newegg? I'd say not. But it's a good first step. So to give a small builders like Artesian Builds the same opportunity is huge. And is exactly what Artesian Builds should have take, taken. But Artesian Builds 
refused. There's a couple other things that came out too. Artesian Builds is not located in California. They are located in California and South Carolina. They have two warehouses and they're on opposite ends of the coast. Nor are they as small as everyone assumed. Their outfit is, as far as we can tell, at least 50. I have, I have a few reports that are saying north of 70. Now, and this gets even worse. Because, of course, for a company to just pretty much begin the process of declaring bankruptcy and shut down, something else is up. Well, as I mentioned before, or last week, they were behind on their state of California taxes and their business license has been suspended in the state of California. In addition, multiple reports said that they were on COD basis with their suppliers. Normally when you order supplies as a manufacturing business, you work on a basis of net 30 or net 60, meaning that you, that you as the business have 30 to 60 days to pay the bill on those sort of supplies. When I ran Reforge computers, I was on a net 30 basis. And I'll admit, there were times when I was starting off that it was really tight doing that. I would buy, you know, an entire pallet worth of computers and then just figure I have 30 days to sell this so I can pay the bill that actually pays for them. These guys have been so bad with paying that net 30 on their supplies that they're on a COD basis with them, which makes it even more interesting that they're on a COD basis with Intel, but Intel still sponsors one of their streams. There was another report about uh, Artisan Builds charging $500 for doing a glass etching but instead just stick a decal on the window. Some internal documents mentioned, mentioned management asking employees for loans and offering equity into the company, and then also forcing employees to take a salary, which could be pretty illegal in the state of uh, California, possibly also illegal in the state of uh, South Carolina, not too clear on the labor laws in those areas. Not a lawyer. By the way, I should also uh, clarify in case it wasn't obvious earlier. I am merely reporting on what I have learned. None of what I say is, can be should can or should be considered legal advice. 
or financial advice for that fact. I am a talk show host and a tech enthusiast. Just figured it, I'm pretty sure I said it earlier. If I haven't, I've said it now again. So we got that wonderful thing going on. An internal whistleblower within Artesian Builds says that the West Coast builds, these are the builds that were done in California, would be sent to the East Coast location for quality control checks because the West Coast build was so terribly managed that they just couldn't catch up at all. Oh, and here's what's even better. In addition to selling computers, like a lot of brands trying to make their brand a brand, they also sell stickers. It's not uncommon. But the stickers are usually of your own intellectual property. Their stickers include Star Wars, Invader Zim, Tesla, NVIDIA, and the logos of other streamers. How? How do you go ahead and build PCs on Twitch and be this oblivious to copyright? I just, I I just can't even. It is absolutely insane. There is also some internal internal whistleblowers that unfortunately cannot be confirmed if this is true, but there are some accusations of follows on both Twitch and Twitter being bought, view bots for the stream being bought as well. The CEO would actually live in an apartment that is above the building facility in the California section, but would not waltz into work until roughly three in the afternoon. According to other whistleblowers. Here's what I will say about him, about this CEO. When I took over the place where I work, I always had this weird feeling because, of course, I was just a truck driver, right? It's, it's what I did. I drove trucks. Some were medium-sized, other were small-sized, but, th- but that was it. I, I, j- I just drove and did deliveries. For someone like me to take over the company and be effectively the CEO, even though our company doesn't have a CEO, it felt like a little bit of like imposter syndrome, you know? I, at least in the grand scheme of this, can look back at the way I've run the company so far 
and I've missed some deadlines here and there. I've made a few mess ups here and there. But holy cow, I can at least look at artesian builds and say, you know, at least I haven't been as bad as this guy. Holy cow. It, it is, it is actually stunning how business illiterate, if all these reports are correct, I should stress that. If all of these whistleblowers and reports are correct, it is stunning. Absolutely, completely, and utterly stunning how mismanaged this company was. And there is one bit of advice this guy should have taken a year ago. Delegate. Just delegate. Focus on what the company does and put your best people in charge of it. So. Where does that bring artesian builds? The accounts are frozen. No activity is being done. Any PC build that's currently in the works, almost certainly, anyone who, any customer of theirs that hasn't got their computer yet, is most likely running as fast as they can, if they haven't already, to their bank to issue a chargeback. which is the only logical course of action you can take at this point. And all of your employees are effectively laid off. So this is it, right? The company's dead. No one's going to want to touch this, po- this, this absolutely radioactive company. No one's going to want to invest in this. No one's going to take over, right? That's what I said last week's episode. This week, however, the situation has changed. It is possible to save this company. But action has to be taken immediately. Because first off, your your current employees are now looking for new jobs. They have to. Especially with the cost of living pretty much increasing da- daily. The cost of living is going up every single day. The price of fuel is go- going up, which in turn is going to cost... Increase the cost of literally everything else. That is the current situation you have in this world. 
But you have a company with two locations, skilled staff that you're possibly about to lose, but one important thing. Remember how I said that you have that they had and they had a request from Gamers Nexus to be interviewed. That is how this company gets saved. The current CEO, I can't remember what his name is, Noah or something like that. It doesn't matter. There is no way he is going to exist in this company at all. All right. Most likely that's going to be it. So. You buy off the douche lord. You take. You take the interview offer. Someone in chat said Gamers Nexus has already put out they won't do, do an interview at this point. They will. They Gamers Nexus said in their video. I don't know if they said anything else additionally at this point, but their their statement was they will because of the way this CEO is behaving. They refuse to do an interview with him, and that is the key word. So with the C with the current CEO gone, it is possible. Big possible. Not a guarantee. But it's possible they can come back from this. What is going to be left of the company if they can make a recovery is unknown. Either way, we're going to find out one of two things. Well, here, here's the first thing. They said, uh, we hope to know more by the end of the month. If the next bit of news we hear from Artesian Builds is at the end of the, mo- the month, there's nothing left. Any talent they had is gone. Poof. Ceases to exist. That's it. The end. You're done. There's no one left at that point. At that point, you're just declaring bankruptcy and selling off the assets, which are going to be bought up in an instant, which is then going to go to pay your debts. If something is going to go ahead and save this company and take advantage of the PR storm that's currently around them, to try and stage a comeback, it has to happen early next week. That is currently my evaluation of this, especially since this story is refusing to go away. It would be one thing if this is a one and done, 
like it looked like it was going to be last week. But because this story has staying power in the news cycle, it's possible for this company to come back. Although, very unlikely. We're going to take our first break here when we come back. Ubisoft has been hacked. Yay. Huh. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. That was not supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, well. Still, still a good bumper to use any anyway, but was not the, uh, the bumper I intended on using. Whoops. Regardless, Ubisoft has been hit with what they're calling a cybersecurity incident. But, uh... Unfortunately, I do have bad news. During the break, someone in the chat asked, does this mean that all the NFTs were stolen? Is their entire NFT system down? Is that it? Are they all gone? According to Ubisoft, no. At this time, what Ubisoft has said, quote, Last week, Ubisoft experienced a cybersecurity incident that caused temporary disruption to some of our games, systems, and services. Our IT teams are working with leading external experts to investigate the issue. As a precautionary measure, we initiate a company-wide password reset. We can also confirm that all of all our games and services are functioning normally. And that at this time, there is no evidence of any player personal information was accessed or exposed as a byproduct of this incident. So no, the, the, at this time, it would appear their NFT system that nobody cares about, apparently not even the hackers... Well, it is still up and running. Anyone else find it weird that they're calling it a cybersecurity incident, which is the exact same phrase that's used in watchdogs? Hmm. What could it mean? And other cybersecurity news. The Samsung, I should also mention, we do not know the identity of the hackers of Ubisoft. We do not know their identity. We do know the identity of the people who hacked Samsung. And this one actually is a big deal because source code related to the operation of Galaxy devices were in fact leaked out by the hackers these hackers were in fact lapsus the same people who hacked nvidia and then threatened 
nvidia by saying we're going to leak all the information unless you make your drivers open source so we can go ahead and craft a they didn't actually say this but it was clearly obvious that this was what the whole goal was to create a crack for the limited hash rate on the newer cards Now, at this time, Samsung said that they don't that they do not believe that any business or customer data was stolen. It was all just internal documents within within Samsung. I'm sorry, I got distracted because someone in the chat said, "So what you're saying is that the first set of hackers that attacked Ubisoft were in fact anonymous. No, they were not anonymous. They were anonymous. Not that anonymous actually anonymous no not the actual anonymous this is the problem with a hacktivist group being called anonymous uh but then after lapsus went ahead and uh and and took the credit they went ahead and uh leak the data anyway and currently at this time the data is being skimmed through i got a feeling that uh we're not gonna find a whole lot in all of it anyway now for those thinking that the hack on nvidia also done by lapsus not by anonymous not that anonymous would lead to not a whole lot well good news the stolen data from NVIDIA is being used to, to disguise malware as NVIDIA GPU drivers. This is why we can't have nice things. Now, fortunately, for the average person, this will mean basically nothing. Because the overwhelming majority of you, when it comes to getting drivers, you're just going to get from NVIDIA's site. Or you're going to be even shorter in trying to get that info and just go straight to the GeForce Experience Now app. Then wonder why you have to sign in and then hit the update button. The only thing this affects, if say you went ahead and had a 12 inch laptop that you went and named your 12 inch problem and it has NVIDIA drivers and you had to go out and try to find the obscure drivers for the weird little NVIDIA NVS card in it that's supposed to be so, so widespread and used and you just can't find the driver anywhere. That is when you could run into problems. Now, the other thing that this actually does pose a real problem for is that these malware that's disguised as GPU drivers, they get around the Windows verification certificate system. They get around that completely. 
So that is something that Windows is going to have to go ahead and patch themselves. And they're going to have to do it very, very soon. But of course, I mean, with these sort of problems on Windows, we clearly should just all give in and instead switch over to our Penguin overlords, right? I mean, Linux is vastly superior. That is what every single Linux fanatic ever keeps telling me. Only the fanatics, though. The reasonable people are just like, yeah, it's fine. It has its uses. Well, do I got something for you guys? Linux has its... <laughs> has been bitten by its most high-severity vulnerability in years. Now look, before you go ahead and panic and go over to your Linux-running system that you have sitting over in a corner... This most likely will not affect you. The vulnerability will, uh, in fact, pretty much only be used on high-value targets. What is a high-value target? Remember how every single time Spectre and Meltdown came up and everyone was just like, oh, man, this is a big deal. Oh no, everyone panic. We're going to have to go and switch over to older systems. Oh man, what are we going to do? What, what did you all do during the Spectre and Meltdown craze? Which, by the way, there's a new flavor of Spectre and Meltdown. Guess what? I'm not going to really talk about it because I pretty much just did. It exists. And just like this Linux vulnerability, guess what? The overwhelming majority of you will end up doing nothing and feel no consequences as a result because all of these vulnerabilities are only used on servers. Have I made that clear enough? Should I turn on the echoey reverb? Should we make a big announcement out of it? Attention, everyone. Stop panicking about vulnerabilities. Only panic if you are in charge of a data center. Thank you. I feel like I have to say that like every single time one of these comes out. Every single freaking time. What are you going to do if you're a Linux user? I don't know. Download the update when you can. My chat is trying to make pyramids and it's very distracting. It's almost as distracting as everyone ranting about Linux vulnerabilities. And Spectre and Meltdown. In the end, yeah, download the updates as they come. Maybe it comes up a performance hit. Which would put it about on par with every other Windows update you download. So what's the difference in the end? Not a whole lot, honestly. But it is still important to know 
when you hear word about your services taking an emergency extended maintenance. Oh, hey, remember how I said I wasn't going to talk about uh, Meltdown or Spectrum variants? Apparently, I actually did have the story in my stack. I thought I got rid of it. <laughs> yeah, it exists. All right, moving on. Speaking of vulnerabilities that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things, I want to present to you legislation that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. The anti-trolling bill that was put out in Australia. We talked about this, I think briefly in passing. And I probably put something akin to, I do not have the spare time to go ahead and read Australian legalese. And fortunately, everyone else has looked at it, including the Electronic Frontiers Foundation, and, uh, actually, in this case, Electronic Fr Frontiers Australia edition of the EFF, uh, has looked at this and said that, yeah, this basically does nothing. It might help, like, quote, circumstances of a privileged few. But in the end, it's doesn't do much at all. So it's like, why? Why bother? The whole thing could possibly lead to more defamation lawsuits. Oh, by the way, the whole thing with the... Uh, artesian computers there was a lot of people saying that artesian builds could be sued for defamation uh no they can't you, you, you just can't what artesian builds did doesn't come close to what would be considered defamation on a legal standpoint L like the line to cross for defamation is a very, very thick line. So the, there, it's always one. You, you could file a defamation lawsuit. You're not going to win, especially in the case of Artesian computers. Here's the other thing. I hate to actually go back to Artesian computers again. But let's put it this way. All... Artesian Builds didn't lie at all about the streamers. I already forgot her name. Uh, Kayepia or whatever the heck it was. Again, apologies for forgetting the name. But um, there was nothing that was defamatory that was said. Everything that was said about her stream metrics were true. Kayepia, I'm sorry. They were all truthfully said. He just said it in a very jerkish way.
Like that would be a defamation lawsuit that you're not gonna win. But let's even pretend you we lived in a parallel reality where she did win. That somehow she got like the most anti-artesian builds or, or uh, you know, artesian builds freaking jury out there and like the worst judge on the planet and she won that defamation lawsuit. What are you going to win? The assets are frozen. <laughs> Literally, be, even when you win, you lose. No, there's no, there's no point. Oh, uh, but here, but you know, let's actually get back to the topic about legislation that is absolutely ridiculous and will eventually accomplish nothing. And on that same topic, I have the latest executive order issued by President Biden in regards to cryptocurrency. And you know what's amazing? about this the number of people that read this executive order and assume it does anything right here right now so this has been rumored for a while but the news of this crypto bill or this crypto executive order i I should call it correctly this this crypto executive order has pretty much been smothered by what's going on in Ukraine. Quick, raise the hands. Who's surprised by that? No one? That's what I thought. And it's just basically like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to sign something about crypto. He's going to sign something about crypto. The long executive order, that's a long one. It talks a lot about how there's a lot of potential with cryptocurrency but we just don't know what the potential is for the betterment of the United States for crypto technology and blockchain technology. So you know what the executive order did? It did the same thing it did with net neutrality like last year. Assembled a committee to go ahead and evaluate the the topic more in detail so that more intelligent action can be taken on the matter. That's it. The whole thing, like a lot of things in politics is a massive massive word salad buffet that uh, has sentences that give the illusion that they have action, but none of them do. The whole thing just talks about potential. The only action that's made is the form of a committee. But here we have articles like from USA Today 
what did Biden get wrong on, on crypto? His new order threatens to smother innovation. First off, what innovation has there been in crypto besides, you know, the ability to go ahead and scam us better? The developments in cryptocurrency as a whole have been awful. Just awful. Oh, but now we're going now the government might go ahead and regulate what's going on in crypto. Good. Look at the absolute disgusting amount of fraud that occurs in this crypto space. Oh, but but I can do pump and dumps and stuff, and I can't do that in other places. Yeah, you want to know you can't do that in other places? Because it's illegal. Because a pump and dump is a scam. You know what the funny thing was? When I first reported on this story for the early bird briefing... The article I had blamed this order for the, they either said the crashing prices or the surging prices. I can't remember which. You want to know where crypto prices went after this order was signed? Stagnant. The crypto market right now is just volatile. It goes up and it goes down very, very erratically. If I were to show you the graph for where, for, you know, how crypto is, go ahead. Point on the chart where Biden made his order. The answer actually was towards the end, if you actually even saw it, where it peaked up a little bit. That's it. But other spikes happened earlier in the week just because, nah, whatever. That's the same thing on Ethereum. Like it, it is nothing. That's it. The end. Everyone wants to look at this order saying, oh man, President Biden finally mentioned the word crypto. That means something had to happen. No, nothing happened. Because the U.S. federal government, surprise, surprise, doesn't know a whole lot about crypto. Mostly because they've had other things to worry about, like, oh, I don't know, a pandemic, an invasion of Ukraine, nap time leading their administration in. They've only been in there for a year. 
Like half the first year was just assigning the cabinet. But what about my Dogecoins? Yeah, I think they have higher priorities on their mind. Just, just a little. Seriously, crypto bros. It's like they go out of their way to be as uninformed as possible. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Everything that happened to Russia this week. Oh boy, you thought the Iron Curtain was coming down last week. Just wait, because some of the things that came out, um, a bit crazy. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. All, all of a sudden, there, there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense going on in the ch- in the chat uh, right 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 now. And we're gonna press on as the chaos continues on our Twitch channel right now, for which I am grateful for. It's time for our weekly update of uh, ways the entire digital community tries to shun Russia. So YouTube has in fact gone forward in regards to has moved forward with altering the way it is blocking media. We talked last week about how YouTube was contemplating moving certain Russian sources. Uh, Now they have, in fact, not only blocked the advertising, but have blocked Russian state-funded media groups entirely completely and utterly they have all been blocked so that actually is kind of a big deal Especially when you look at how a lot of people get a hold of their news. I actually can remember when um, it was actually in the middle of the night. uh, My phone went off at like 2 a.m. Or was it my, um, it was my phone went off with a warning, with a tornado warning. And then also the uh, the Echo Show next to me also displayed the um, the tornado warning as well. 
which was after that I wasn't gonna get get a hold of sleep. So I, you know, got dressed, I head down down to the basement to go ahead and well, it's what you do during during a tornado. You shelter in place. There's no TV in the basement, and you need to get a hold of some kind of source to see when the alert is over. So I actually went ahead and just pulled up on YouTube a live feed. Our one of our news outlets here actually does live broadcast their channel on YouTube. Their entire channel when they have the news going on anyway. And that was really helpful. I could go ahead, keep an eye on it as I'm sheltering in place in the basement at two in the morning and waiting for everything to clear. That ability is now gone to all of Russia. Completely and utterly gone. And now probably one of the most controversial decisions that have been made. Facebook now allows for war posts urging violence against Russian invaders. Now, on its face, This seems fine. But you've kind of now opened a door, Facebook, and I'm not sure how many people are going to be really comfortable with that door being opened. To actually go ahead and not just... Well, actually, in this case, just just allowing. What would one would consider hate speech towards a specific group. Yikes. And you might think, oh, well, it's against the Russian invaders. They're going to war. They're trying to invade unprovoked the country of Ukraine. The overwhelming majority of these soldiers have been lied to. As far as why they're inv- why they're invading. A large number of these soldiers, unfortunately not enough, but a large number of them have sabotaged their own gear and walked away, deserted. And you've now opened the door to urge violence against all of them. One could even construe that as many outlets did as saying Facebook allows war posts urging violence against Russians, period. And that is uh it's not good 
There's no other way to say it. That's just absolutely not okay. And I think this is going to be a step that Facebook is going to regret taking down in the in the grand scheme of things. I, for one, wouldn't allow that kind of talk to happen on my channels, on any of my, on any of any of the platforms that I'm in charge of. My, well, not my platforms, but the subsections of those platforms I'm in charge of. Part of the reason would be just because, well, first off, it's against my most usually the rules of my platforms just not bring up anything politics related since we're primarily a gaming and tech channel. But also because it should be obvious, right? I have a feeling Facebook is going to regret this. And At the same time, while Facebook is allowing calls to violence against Russian soldiers, Instagram, who is owned by Facebook, a.k.a. Meta, is is banned in Russia over calls to violence. That did not take long at all, did it? Surprise, surprise, surprise. There's a headline that will that'll be very interesting down the road. And you know, while we're at it, Russia's also opening a criminal case against all of Meta for temporarily allowing hate speech, or I'm sorry, for the temporary hate speech policy change. Not to sound like someone who's in favor of Russia invading Ukraine, but I can't blame Russia in this case. It is just kind of... You know, you know what? You have fun with that, Meta. You, you kind of dug your hole on this one. I'm going to just go ahead and uh, chuckle from afar and hope that my fellow man in Ukraine that just wants to defend their home from unprovoked invaders stays alive and well. Yeah, who thought the world was going to calm down after the pandemic? No, I don't think anyone thought. I think everyone just hoped. By the way, another oddball news. Facebook is accused of sharing subscriber data with Facebook. I'm sorry, HBO is accused of sharing subscriber data with Facebook. 
Someone in chat said, look, as far as the four horsemen, we, we have uh, war, pestilence, and death. We're just missing the, the fourth one, famine. Well, not to go full apocalyptic on you, but... Uh, if the price of fuel to go ahead and transport uh, food across countries and to nations that need said food go up so high that, you know, the cost of the food becomes unaffordable, anyway, now I'm thoroughly depressed, let's talk about, um... Oh, here we go. Uh, 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 Google rolls out uh, air raid alerts for Android. Nope, never mind. That's not helping my depression at all. Still an interesting system that Google has ruled rolled out. So the state of Ukraine does have a national alert system app that they encourage all their citizens to download. It's very similar to a system we have here in the U.S. But this one that's now b that Google has rolled out will now be on all Android phones so that the few people who have not been able to download said app will now get this sort of system that they need. So, yay? I'll just say this much. Google has a history for killing projects. Um, this is one that uh, we're all going to eagerly await the day when Google kills this project. Very, very eagerly. Now, while everyone else is trying to find ways to not get into Russia. Twitter, on the other hand, has launched a privacy-focused fo protected site on the dark web to bypass Russians, or bypass Russia's block of Twitter. Even on the dark web, there's no escaping Twitter. There's no escape. There's no escaping Twitter. No escape. I'm telling the only way to escape Twitter at this point is just freaking load a truck camper on a pickup truck and just go out to the middle of nowhere and destroy your phone. Live the simple life. Up in northern Canada or something. I don't know. I just can't even. In all seriousness, though, because chat's going, nothing good can come out of this. There actually is a lot of good that can come out of this. 
because it does allow information to get into the country. Remember how before we were talking about how the BBC was trying to get their information in via shortwave radio? Lo and behold, Twitter attempts to do the very same thing, except the opposite tech. Rather than going to shortwave radio, they are going to the dark web. (laughs) So uh, we'll see how that goes. I do wonder what will happen because of it. Because it's only going to be a matter of time until someone tries to go ahead and take advantage of this and spread something. Probably Russia. So we'll see. There could be some good of this. There could be some bad comes of it. Who knows? But as the entire, as the entire world tries to cut off every single digital service they can to Russia, well, don't worry. Vladimir Putin has the Russian people's back by legalizing piracy. You just can't make this stuff up. Just potentially just going to legalize pirate. I mean, if you were like an innocent person that you, you had nothing to do with any of this, you disapprove of the war and you're just trying to live your normal life in Russia. What are you going to do? You can't access anything. If you're a streamer in Russia, you can't make any money because of the sanctions. If you're, you know, a YouTuber or a content creator in Russia, you can't do anything. If you're just trying to live your everyday life and just enjoy some Netflix or something, you can't do that. What are you going to do? Oh, man. Someone in chat says it's essentially legal in much of the world. No, not really. So there are anti-piracy laws in place. What what Russia is basically saying is that their enforcement of their environment, that the, of, blah, 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 excuse me, their enforcement of their anti-piracy laws is just not going to be done at all. They're just not going to enforce the laws at all. But now, now that we're that, that's all I got for now, as far as the Russia Ukraine story. But if only there was some other person as some other big body, we could go ahead and just focus some hate on for a moment. Uh, who, who is doing something really, really scummy that just really stands out as 
some sort of human rights violation. If only there was some nation that was into that sort of thing and some other big tech company that uh, that that was uh, in favor of that sort of things. I like how chat immediately as I'm teasing this up goes, it's another meta story, isn't it? We're talking about Facebook and meta, aren't we? Now, there we go. Someone's got the right answer. It's Amazon. You win. You you win a horrifying award. Amazon suppliers, specifically the suppliers that provide the Amazon basics and other supplies that are Amazon branded, as well as some Echo devices are tied to force labor in Jin, in Jin Ping or in wait no in Jin Jinjiang Jin, 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 whatever it is I, I I don't mean it like that I I just can't pronounce Mandarin to save my life So here we have the country of China committing human rights violations most of everyone not knowing about it because, of course, Russia, Ukraine, and also good luck getting a whole lot of outlets to talk about uh, about China in general. It, it It is like pulling teeth. I'm being told by chat is pronounced Shin Jia. At least that's how I'm reading it in chat. I am probably still incorrect in which I still apologize. I am not fluent in Mandarin in any way, shape, or form. Do I even know? I'm actually trying to think. Do I even know what hello is in Chinese? I don't think I do. In any case, we're getting way off topic. But yeah, the tech giant is found that some of the things they manufacture are uh, people in chat people in chat are, are saying to say hi is Gigi. Uh, or whatever XIE is pronounced. Today I learned. I didn't think Ni Hao was. I want to say that's Vietnamese or something, but I'm probably wrong in that regards too. Ni Hao is probably something else completely. Shee Shee is what Chad is telling me. Regardless, Amazon being found to be getting supplies from forced labor. <laughs> Chad is saying nailed it with five dots leading to a lull emoji, which means I totally didn't get it. <laughs> So honestly, I'll I'll be perfectly honest when it comes to this story. 
there's nothing anyone can do inside the U.S. to try and get China to stop doing this. China's just going to do what China's going to do. You basically need multiple countries to try and place sanctions on China to try and get them to stop doing this. And then uh, China, because they're a very, 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 very giant, uh, basically a, a giant, a giant rolling temper tantrum. You gotta be very delicate when handling China. Amazon, on the other hand, absolutely pressure can be brought to Amazon to have them say, you know, maybe, just maybe, maybe we should like not have a large chunks of our lineup being made by uh oh ni hao is hello and uh Gigi is thank you okay i did know something i did know something in chinese today i learned or mandarin actually but i digress i digress again how many times have i digressed in this one story well i digress again I do hope pressure is brought to Amazon to change up who they use for production of these products. The actual products being used, I believe the article just says specifically numerous Amazon basic devices as well as numerous Echo devices. My Echo Dot then kicked in and then gave me a rude hang-up after realizing I was talking about this topic. And then, and then immediately after that, my Amazon Echo said, sorry, I'm having trouble understanding right now. Meaning that it's basically going ahead and pulling off the see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil sort of mentality and realizing that it was that it was oh probably not this one this one's really old was made under questionable labor practices speaking of questionable actions there was a large number of twitch bans in regards to a tax avoidance situation inside the middle east Okay, then. Well, that's uh, interesting, to say the least. So, yeah, trying to dodge taxes, not a good thing. Large number of streamers. I actually don't know the exact number of... Uh, of the bands... But from Zach Busey, which is where I got this story, uh, many of many of these streamers were using services that helped them avoid thirty avoid the thirty percent tax as a nation without a tax treaty to the U.S. So this is most likely temporary bans that were put into place due to federal sanctions.
Whoops. Well, I hope they have uh they have fun with that. Zona chat's asking specifically where. Um the story does not mention exactly where. Uh so it then goes on to talk that each one of the band lengths are three days for fraud for the majority of the cases. Even the original article just says Middle Eastern streamers. So it's, it seems like it's a number of countries within the Middle East that are taking the hit from this. All right. Well, this entire segment was hilariously depressing. Let's actually get one last thing that's kind of interesting in the Twitch world. A competition for moderator appreciation. Oh. So Twitch has announced that streamers can go ahead and put in applications for their top mods and then winners of the grand prize winner will be drawn on March 31st and receive two paid trips of $2,500 one for the nominated mod and the other for, for the creator with a three day pass to TwitchCon San Diego on October 7th through the 9th and 100 or more mods will receive a second place winner of $250 in Twitch gift cards. I can't remember the last time I've seen Twitch actually do something like this. Like it's been a it's been a while since we've seen this sort of thing. And someone in the chat says the winner gets bits to give. I mean you're not wrong. The second place the second place winners do in fact just get just straight up bits to give. I mean, there's other things you use a Twitch gift card for. It'd be what? Bits and also gift subs, your own subs. Theoretically, that... Uh, oh God, what is it called? The, like, Discord competitor they tried to make, and it didn't really go anywhere. You might be able to use Twitch gift cards on those games, theoretically. I actually don't know. But in any case, Twitch has more info in regards to all of this. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. We're going to finally, finally get to the Apple announcement. And of course, the ridiculous stuff, such as the the rebirth of LimeWire. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Apple had an announcement. People in chat are saying I should just put 
LimeWire on the bonus evolution. No, I have to do it because LimeWire is the last verb story. I I have to. It, it's gonna. I'm, it's just, spoilers. It's the last verb story. So I I gotta I gotta leave it on there. I just have to. So Apple had their usual announcement in which I still have to make a video in regards to the various oddities about it. And uh, they announced um not a lot, honestly. But what they did announce is interesting. First off, ladies and gentlemen, the iPhone's available in green. <gasps> Anyway, <laughs> honestly, like real talk, I kind of like it. This like forest green color. Like, I don't hate it. But it's, you know, it is what it is. It's nothing. What is important is, of course, what is up next. Ah, uh, yes, the thing we were all hoping for, an update to the, to the legendary iPhone SE. Are you ready? Are you ready? The budget iPhone? Are you ready to see what it looks like? Here it comes. Oh, it's exactly the same. It, it's, it's literally just the last generation iPhone SE. Except, uh... It has an updated chip. And has 5G. Real talk, though. This is still a good buy. The iPhone SE, unfortunately, did go up in price. <laughs> Chat said it's not in green. No sale. Someone else in chat says budget iPhone now with built-in microphone jack. There is no headphone jack on the iPhone SE. There hasn't been in for a while, unfortunately. Um, It's basically just modern chip and that's it. What is absolutely fascinating is the bad takes on Twitter in regards to this phone. Like, there have been complete Apple shills who, first off, you know you should ignore everything they, that, that these Apple shills say because their profile picture is a hexagon. And can I just say, Twitter's NFT support has been the best thing that has ever happened to the platform because now I know at a moment who actually does not have a functional working brain and I can just ignore them. It is the best feature ever. It's just, it's, it's, it's so great. I just know, oh, they went and bought NFTs and are actually all in on it. There's something mentally wrong with them. I should just walk away from them and let them just contemplate their lives. Best thing, the best thing that could that could that could ever happen. Someone in chat says, "Wait, there's a legit use for NFTs." There is. 
you can go ahead and have it so that your your profile picture on Twitter is an NFT for $3 a month, by the way. You have to be a member of Twitter Blue to use this feature. But once you do, it'll be in a hexagon, and then people with functional brains like myself know to completely ignore and everything that that Twitter person says. It's great. But no, real talk, the the iPhone SE, although it's limited, although it's an old body, other people are saying, well, why bother? If you, you could just go ahead and spend $80 more for an old iPhone 11 also from Apple and get more features. No. Because the iPhone SE will have a newer processor in it, and thus the iPhone SE will be supported for longer. So if you were in the Apple ecosystem and you had to get an iPhone and you wanted to get it on the cheap, you get the SE. Who cares if it's an old old body design? It's still the latest processor. You're going to be getting software updates on that phone for three, four, five years. Like Apple's software support is insane. It is absolutely crazy, especially compared to us on the Android side of things. Like that is one advantage this sucker has quite a bit. Although there is no headphone jack, there is no expandable storage. And well... There is also the problem that the $430 option is for only 64 gigabytes of storage. And also, it's only available in dark blue that they're calling Midnight, white, which they're calling Starlight, and product red, which is purple. I mean red. No, red. Red is the correct answer. So, I mean, it's fine. It really is. Like, if, if you really wanted to be in the in the iPhone ecosystem, which, yeah, it's your choice. I'm, I'm not going to badger anyone for choosing to get an iPhone over an Android phone. It's your life. You live it how you want. This is, this is pretty much the way to go. If anyone says, ooh, just spend a little bit more and get an iPhone 11, no. Because you spend that little bit more and get an iPhone 11, uh, you're going to get a phone that's going to last for nowhere near as long. (laughs) Someone misread what was on the screen and thought it said product tired. Man, that's a mood. That that really is a mood. The other update that also another update that also came up before we got to the chips is the iPad Air. The iPad Air did in fact get updated and um Yeah, this makes choosing an iPad much harder. 
so the iPad Air, what it got, it got updated colors. It got a few little bumps here and there. And oh yeah, it got the M1. It has the M1 chip in it. So the only difference between the iPad Air and the smaller iPad Pro is that the iPad Pro has a bigger camera on the back. And that's it. So what the heck are all the iPad Pro users now thinking about? Oh yeah, the design, by the way, still has the plastic patch in the middle of the bezel on the side and will charge, and that's used to charge the pencil that the iPad Air and iPad Pros both use, but is also a structural flaw. So it will, in fact, fold in half. It won't unfold, but it will fold in half. Never to be unfolded again. So get a case for your thin and sleek iPad. Because Apple apparently is very much anti-durability when it comes to these new iPads. Someone in chat asked, isn't the Pro bigger? The Pro has a 9.7-inch version, which is what the iPad Air is, and a 12-point-something inch version the 12 point something inch version is more expensive and that version is the mini led screen but the smaller ipad pro uses the exact same liquid retina display as the ipad air thus making you truly wonder why like there's no reason for the smaller i uh iPad Pro to exist. Now the iPad Pro, and I feel like I need an updated chart always to show exactly which product stack in the iPad lineup is now completely obsolete. Because it always seems like with each refresh, they just make a product stack obsolete. Uh, Someone in chat mentioned 120 hertz. I think the new iPad Air also has the ProMotion display, I think they're calling it. No, so the iPad Pro does have that 120 hertz refresh rate, whereas the iPad Air is still stuck at 60. So there's your difference. A difference that maybe it's just me, but a difference that's not worth like the two hundred or one hundred dollar price cap. But now, of course, we get to the juicy stuff. For you see, prior to the event, there were only three Apple Silicon chips that weren't mobile chips. There was the M1, there was the M1 Pro, and the M1 Max. Thus meaning that the M1 Max 
was in fact the highest end, the maximum the chip could get. Oh. But Apple found a way to go one step beyond. So Apple went ahead and Super Saiyan charged up and screamed to the sky. Ah, ah, and then revealed that, uh, you know, at the bottom of the design they showed off for the M1 Max, you could combine two of them together. Yes. Their fourth M1 chip is called the M1 Ultra, and it is literally, not figuratively, literally, two M1 Maxes glued together. Intel's NetBurst architecture called, they want their Pentium D back. What blew me away with this is how much Apple tried to go ahead and say this was inventive. This was never done before. Intel did this in 2004. That's literally what the Pentium D was. It was two Pentium 4s glued together. That's literally what it was. Also, I also like I also kind of want to just since we're at modern standards of this, you know, that was the Pentium D. There's modern equivalents of us gluing processor to go together. I don't know, AMD. Do you do you know any way that's done? Where you where you take smaller chips and and have a um some kind of interconnecting method to have all of those chips work as one? No, you can't think of anything either. Yeah, me either. No, no, de definitely not. Someone in chat asked, have we seen chiplet GPUs yet? We have not seen them functional yet, but we've seen a lot of internal reporting of AMD working on chiplet GPUs. We suspect the next generation of AMD GPUs being discrete GPU. Oh, wait, actually. Have the newer... Oh, man. Could you imagine chiplet GPUs with the, with the chiplet CPUs? on one big APU. Dude, that could be crazy. But in any case, that's what Apple's trying to go ahead and say is their greatest innovation. Gl gl literally gluing two CPUs together. Literally two SOCs together. And then they put up a whole bunch of graphs trying to go ahead and say how great the performance is, how great the performance per watt is, how much it just smokes uh, CPUs like the 11900K, and the GPUs like the RTX 3090, and that all their computers are obsolete because we went ahead and did this. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just save you this right now. I am complete. I am a hundred percent skeptical of all these graphs, and I cannot wait for 
the benchmarking madmen that went ahead and shelled out the massive amount of money they're going to need because there's no way Apple's going to provide them testing samples to actually go ahead and test these for themselves. Because every other graph we've seen so far from Apple for these M1 chips have been hilariously wrong, despite the fact that chips are actually good. Like, that's what's baffling about the M1, the M1 Pro, and the M1 Max. The chips are good. They perform very well. But they don't perform anywhere near as well as Apple tries to advertise them to be. They just straight up lie on these graphs. So what did Apple throw this glued together CPU into? Well, obviously the Mac Pro, right? What's the new Mac Pro look like? That's what we all thought, right? It is a giant Mac Mini. And it's not the Mac Pro. It is the Mac Studio. Now, honestly, I was not surprised by this at all. I mean, let's be honest. Raise your hands. Did you really think the Mac Pro was going to be a giant modular tower? No. Everything is on the SOC. The machine lives and dies with the SOC. If one thing dies, the entire SOC is dead, and you got to replace the whole thing. That is one unfortunate problem with the M1 system. It's all on the die. CPU, it's on the die. Memory, it's on the die. Storage, it's on the die. GPU, it's on the die. All of it is on the die. There is no modularity to it. So, of course, it was all going to be just thrown into one giant little Mac Mini with a lot of cooling. They put a passive heat sink on an Intel chip and then complain when it overheats. Their own chip, two-thirds of the rear of this Mac Studio is exhaust. Stunning how well Apple treats their own chip. The I.O. on this thing is also very un-Apple-like. We got four USB 4s or Thunderbolt, depending on who you want to ask today, 10 gigabit Ethernet, two USB A's, HDMI, and a headphone jack. There's a headphone jack. They do exist. What's crazier is the front of this machine has two more USB C's, 
which are wired at 3.0, or if you get it with the with the M1 Ultra, will be wired to be Thunderbolts and an SD card reader. The M1 Pro variant of the Mac Studio starts at $2,000. And the M1 Ultra variant starts at $4,000. Apple says that this is the most the most machine you can get in this price category. I find this very difficult to believe, but I also have a hard time trying to find a comparison to this because I don't know how well this machine performs yet. But once I have performance numbers for the Mac Studio, I will be trying to find a PC equivalent within the price range and see how well it stacks up because I'm willing to bet if I go to AMD and Threadripper, I can totally outperform the Mac Studio and it won't even be hard. I don't, I am 100% certain though, I there's no way I can design a PC that will beat the Mac Studio in performance per watt. I don't think there's any way I can do that. But I'm fairly confident I can beat it in performance. Now, Apple also announced a studio display, and this is the one that just kind of makes everyone go, oh, there's the Apple I know. The studio display is a 27-inch monitor that starts at $1,600. Or you can get a matte finish on it for $1,900. And ah, yes... My old friend, the premium stand option for way more money than it should cost is back. The standard, the standard one it comes with is just for free. It's just tilt. But if you want tilt and height adjustable, very close to what the pro stand did, that costs an additional $400. But... But if you want to, if you want swivel, oh, you need to get the pro monitor or apparently it's not incompatible because they also announced, they also allow a VESA mount adapter, but that's just included for free. I just can't even. Someone in chat said that screen better be 4K max. It is a 5K display with a built-in webcam and, quote, studio quality mics. Yes, studio quality mic built into the monitor. You can't see it if you're on the audio version, but there is a very strong look of doubt on my face. As I'm talking into a studio-grade Shure SM7B. There is no way that the mic built in to that monitor 
compares to any actual studio grade mic. I'll just tell you that right now. There is no way. That also being said, um, it apparently also has six speakers built in it for spatial audio TM. And you know what everyone said? I haven't gone through and tried to find a PC alternative because my first go-to is going to be Dell. Because you want high quality, cheap monitor, Dell's the go-to. Just just go to Dell, find an ultra sharp. You're probably gonna be able to find one for a couple hundred bucks and you win. That's usually how this goes, especially if you want to just beat out Apple on just stand quality. But everyone pointed out that it's just like, these are the exact same specs as an LG monitor from like five years ago. Oh, really now? Well, that's interesting. And by the way, yes, the LG monitor from five years ago is way cheaper at around $800. With the same specs, just not the Apple logo, not the Apple stand, and not the speakers and camera. Which, by the way, in a studio, you're not going to want any of that garbage anyway. Now, that's all they announced. But they dropped one last bombshell at the end. They said, with the Mac Studio and Apple Studio display, this marks their transition to Apple Silicon being... Nearly complete. There is only one product left. And that is the Mac Pro. So this isn't the Mac Pro? I'm sorry, what? What's the Mac Pro going to have? Everything's built into the SOC. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go ahead and glue two M1 Ultras together? I just... I just don't get it. And M2 is going to come at some point, but then there's also some other oddballs. We have no update at all to the 27-inch iMac. In fact, the 27-inch iMac is gone. Poof. So there's going to be no large iMac? Is the Mac Pro going to be the 27-inch iMac? Well, probably not. There's reports out right now saying that Apple has no intention on making a large iMac. 24 inches, that's it for you. After that, well, you're shelling out extra for the Mac Studio on the display. 
Could you, can you imagine if you want to go ahead and enjoy a 27 inch display, which is what the consumers in the Mac world have had for the longest time. Now in the new Mac world, you are expected to shell out Will that be $3,700 minimum? No, actually minimum would be $1,600 plus whatever the cost of the, of the Mac mini is. You could just go Mac mini for that. So north of $2,000 minimum. But all the nice boxless and cableless features you had as the as as being in the iMac gone. That's very unApple like. It's very bizarre. And then on top of that, if the only other change you're gonna make is the Mac Pro, does that mean that you expect three models of the MacBook Pro to exist? One model of which just stands out as like the redheaded stepchild that doesn't belong? The one that was just like a holdover from the generations past? Why? What is the purpose of this? This makes no sense. But this is also the same company that still has their wireless mouse charge on a port on the bottom of the mouse. Yes, they still haven't fixed that. But ladies and gentlemen, we are almost out of time. And of course, I cannot ignore this story. The last verb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the, of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, LimeWire is back. The king of distributing piracy. I'm, I'm sorry, of distributing pirated music and viruses is back. An entire festering hole of ruining your family computer is back or just getting unequalized ripped tracks is back. And this name that has been stained so many times in the past, what does it come back as? Is it back as a music music sharing service? Is it back as a antivirus to redeem its wrongs? Oh no. Ladies and gentlemen, LimeWire is back in the only way it could as an NFT marketplace. (laughs) You can't make this up! What could possibly be worse than distributing pirated music? Oh, I guess just, just selling NFTs. Why not? I mean, someone had to do it. Let's go ahead. Let's let any, any other names we could bring up and turn into an NFT marketplace. But you know what? Oddly enough, it totally fits that LimeWire would delve straight headfirst into the NFT marketplace folks that is going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech thank you so much for listening and i do encourage you check out the daily podcast the early burb briefing which you can find at anchor.fm slash early b-i-r-b briefing 
And also, check out my Twitch page, where we record this podcast live. Twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. We have a whole lot of other fun there, too, and also occasional giveaways. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. I just can't even. I I really just can't even. Really? An NFT marketplace. I thought for a moment we were going to be NFT free. We managed to be NFT free last week. Alas, once again, zero weeks since last NFT rant.